Episode 301, October 5th, 2017. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Have you been looking for the perfect way to support the show? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And a small fraction from anything you purchase using that link will go towards the Jeep Talk Show. If you like what you hear or have gotten any benefit from what we do here, then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. Well, FCA's September sales fell with a sharp decline in Jeep, Chrysler, and Dodge. FCA, in a press release earlier this week, said U.S. sales in September fell 10% from a year ago to 174,266 units. Among the automaker's brands, Jeep sales fell 4% for the month, while Chrysler sales dropped 16%. Dodge sales tumbled a whopping 30%, and Ram sales were flat. Alpha Romeo sales, oddly enough, rose sharply to 1,268 units from 41. Meanwhile, fleet sales tumbled a giant 41% to 27,362 units after several months of double-digit gains. Well, it's tragic. And now I'm not talking about the sales numbers, and there's really no other words to describe what I'm about to tell you guys. And I almost didn't run this story, but unfortunately, a Jeep and its owner are at the center of it all. Here we have a simple retail theft where a person could have answered to some minor charges had they fessed up to what they had done, but instead it turned into a fatality. Now the ordeal began Tuesday shortly after noon at a Walmart store at the town center in Levittown, Pennsylvania. 27-year-old Christopher Cunn of Hamilton, New Jersey allegedly put a $228 soundbar for his Jeep into a cart and then left the store without attempting to pay. Security personnel tried to stop Cunn, who had his son Caden Travell in the cart, but he told them, you can't hold me here, as he grabbed his son in his arms and then left the store as security called the local police. Cunn, driving on a suspended New, Jer- New Jersey license, drove away in his Jeep with his son inside before officers arrived. The witness told, uh, told police that Cunn had let the boy climb into the Jeep while he covered its license plate with a sweatshirt. And the witness also said the boy had climbed into the rear driver's side of the Jeep, but Cunn never secured Caden into a child safety seat. Despite not being chased, Cunn ran a red light anyways on Route 13 and crashed into two vehicles, including another Jeep and a Chevy Envoy that had the right-of-way. The impact was so severe it caused Cunn's Jeep to roll over several times, and the boy was thrown from the vehicle onto the roadway. Cunn ran away on foot after the crash, pausing to look at his son on the roadway before fleeing. One witness even said the suspect stepped over the child who was laying in the road and fled the scene. Thankfully, officers quickly apprehended him a short distance from the crash. Officers, other officers were, had performed CPR on the unresponsive boy. Caden was then taken to a local hospital where he was unfortunately pronounced dead. The guy, thought who, the guy who thought a sound bar for his Jeep was more important than his son's well-being has been charged appropriately with third-degree murder, homicide by vehicle, accidents involving death or injury while not properly licensed, retail theft, endangering the welfare of children, recklessly endangering another person, reckless driving, driving on a suspended license, and running a red light. His preliminary hearing is set for October 10th, and his bail is set at $5 million cash. 
I know that I could have skimmed over a lot of the details in the story, and I did leave out some of them. However, I wanted to use this as an opportunity to make a point of how important child safety is, especially in our Jeeps. I'm all for getting little ones out in the Jeep lifestyle as early as we can. Kids love Jeeps. No matter how short the trip is, no matter how important it is that you get to your destination on time, or how cool it is to be off-road, or even if the proverbial S hits the fan and it's time to bug out, you've got to make sure the little ones are in a properly fitted car seat. And all children whose weight or height exceeds the forward-facing limit for their car seat should be using a belt positioning booster seat until the vehicle's seatbelt fits properly. But Jeeps are fun. Let's also keep them safe for those we love. Okay, now that I've done my public service announcement for the year and depressed everyone to no end, let's get on to some other bad news. Pretty much every 2011 to 2014 Dodge Durango and Jeep Grand Cherokee is being recalled. Oh Fiat gosh. Chrysler is recalling nearly 650,000 SUVs to inspect a cover that shields the brake booster from water. The vehicles are, that are affected are 2011 to 2014 Dodge Durangos and Jeep Grand Cherokee SUVs. Cause for concern is water leaking onto the brake booster and corroding the metal or freezing during cold weather. Jeep says there hasn't been any reports of accidents from the brake booster issue. And if the booster is compromised by corrosion, the driver doesn't lose braking ability, thankfully. But he or she will experience an excessively firm pedal. A fault with the brake booster might also trigger a brake warning light or the anti-lock brake system light. For original owners of these vehicles, this recall might seem a little bit familiar. These shields were actually installed in conjunction with a 2014 recall for these same Durangos and Grand Cherokees. If you happen to own one of the affected Durangos or Grand Cherokees, then you can set up an appointment with your local dealer to have your shield inspected. If there is any damage, you won't be charged for any of the repair. Well, hey, big thanks to all of you guys out there who help us out each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you have something you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, well, make sure to let us know by sending an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. You know, I see uh, parents, actually my wife and I, the, the whole time that we've been uh, been married because uh, uh, our little girl came along, I think, after uh, one year of marriage. And uh, so we've we've had kids, and of course we, we both had children prior to our marriage. So anytime we would see parents taking their children out places, we would just always uh, criticize them between ourselves. Oh, how can mm. they let their children do that? How can they let them run around just unattended and they have no idea where they are and children are so precious and important. And hearing a story like the one you just told us oh, really sickening. reminds me of that, how there are uh, some, and, I, and I'll tell you, we have, we have some neighbors that we would uh, see them, uh, the kids running up and down the streets and it's going crazy and they all made it to adulthood. So yes, it can happen. <laughs> it's just a different way of parenting. However, with this situation that you're talking about where the, the father just steps over the child, I mean, there's clearly a, 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 a problem Sick. of what's important in life uh, to this individual. Oh, clearly. Now, I, I, I'm not going to defend anything that he had done, um, allegedly had done. I will say that the mugshot pictures of this individual show a rather large facial and head scar. This guy has clearly been involved in some serious trauma involving his head. Mm. I would not be a bit surprised if he doesn't have some degree of brain trauma, some sort of a brain injury that might have contributed to his very poor decision-making skills. Like I said, I'm not excusing, justifying anything that he had done, no, not no. condoning anything he did, but that is something that can't be ignored, and it is something that may or may not be a part of the story. The bottom line here is safety and, and, and the clear 
lack thereof that this guy shown towards his son, uh, at least in this case. And, and like you said, uh, a clear indication this guy's got some priority issues. Very sad. Very sad. And uh, I think that, I think we always like to um, come up with some sort of uh, resolution, even when you even when it's not going to make a difference. You know, how can we understand how this happened? So it doesn't happen again. And well, the fact, I mean, how avoidable this was. I mean, it wasn't yes. like he just pulled out in the traffic and was sideswiped, you know, by some drunk driver. I mean, obviously, that's something like that is completely out of your control. Everything about this was under this man's control and could have been avoided. I mean, you know, some people's children. What are you going to do? Yeah, I know. This is so much you can do. I always look at it like I just need to take care of my children the best I can. And here, here. If, if everybody is, does the same thing, then they'll uh, they'll be okay. Well, guys, hey, coming up later in the show, Tammy's got another steering upgrade for all of you JK owners out there, and we're going to find out what it's all about in just a few. And hey, guys, next week, big, big news here, guys. Next week's guest interview, we're going to have Anthony Schoen, the CEO of Tread Right Tires. That's right. I said Tread Right Tires. Seriously? Exclusive inter- interview coming up next week. We're, we're having tread right tires on? Wow. Why don't you people tell me this stuff? It's our secret. <laughs> I just sent the memo out. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Didn't you get the memo? <laughs> I slept through the meeting. I'm sorry. Of course. Let's You're see. listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And the Jeep Talk Show is just one of the many proud members of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast and the Trail Chasers podcast. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. I just love hearing all those voices. It makes me smile. Um, so anyway, yesterday was the big day. There was finally a spot open on the lift at Jeff's shop at Adrenaline Off-Road. It was time to install my Yeti Extreme steering kit, which includes the Yeti XD tie rod assembly and the Yeti XD bottom mount drag link with the Griffin XD attenuator. Okay, now what's this Griffin, you may ask? Well, it's the steering attenuator. Um, you guys may recall that I have one, had one on my Jeep. It's a mechanism that is a direct swap out for the drag link adjusting sleeve. And when I first put mine on a couple of years ago, it was an amazing difference in steering for me. It made driving on the Jeep, my Jeep on the highway, so much more relaxing. It did away with that jittery steering and the bump steer notable in the Wranglers. Okay, so back now to the install. Jeff put me in good hands with his mechanic, Mike, and he was awesome talking me through everything he was doing and answering all my questions. I was right there in the shop, um, just watching everything, helping with certain things. Um, And after all was said and done, it was a super easy install to do. Once you have the stock parts off and getting those stock parts off, which I hear time and time again from any stock parts, it's very difficult to get them off. It takes a lot of muscle power and a big beep and hammer. Um, so the thing that was the most difficult was those ball joint studs, getting them to come apart so you could take the drag link and the tie, um, the tie rod off. So anyway, also having my Jeep up on the lift made it so much easier. I only bumped my head like two or three times. <laughs> I think I still have a little sore spot here. 
Um, anyway, we took off the t- tires to make it much more accessible. And I've heard that from a lot of people who have been commenting on my social media that it's a lot better to take your tires off when doing that stuff. Um, another plus is having the right tools. And for sure, having air-powered tools makes it so much easier and the torque wrench. Um, and you know what, guys? All that noise and banging and drilling, you know, that to me, that was like sweet music to my ears. I don't know about you guys. But anyway, I've posted all this on my social media and I had a comment on my social media about me being a wimp because <laughs> I didn't do, didn't do the install myself. Okay, yeah, I guess you could call me a wimp, but you know what? I would have loved to have done that myself, but my garage just isn't outfitted to do such an install in a safe manner. Plus, I don't have any Jeep buddies near me that could have helped me, so I played it safe, and I found some professional Jeep buddies. Jeff has been in the Jeep business, has been involved in Jeepers for years and years and years, and he was kind enough most shops don't let you in their shop to be right there. So I got to be right there and to learn so much hanging out with Jeff and Mike at the shop. They're also showing me the other Jeeps they're working on and problems they're having with this Jeep. So I, you know, even though I didn't do the physical work myself, I was right there. I got to see it and I understand how everything works, how everything is put together. Um, anyway, after I had the steering install, per Steer Smarts, they recommend that you do a professional front end alignment. And I know some people, Nate out there, um, front end alignment, alignment, he says. But anyway, I did do it. And it was a good thing because my Jeep was um, needed some adjustment. Um, my Jeep has is now sporting. It's called the Jeep Smile. And I'm like thinking that's a good thing, but it's not a good thing. Um, it's not a it's not that bad of a smile. Basically, what it means is my camber is off. When you get a front end alignment, um, I don't know if you can see this, but you get a little report. Um, this is the before, and see all this stuff in red? That means it's bad, and then this is after. So they fixed everything except for my camber is off just a tad, which I'm told that is um, my ball joints. And my axle's going to probably need some new parts and pieces coming up soon. And what's really good about this is Jeff got in there and showed me, Jeff and Mike, showed me what I need to look out for for when this, when it comes time for me to replace all these parts and pieces. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited to see how this new steering feels and handles on the roads and trails. And in about three weeks, I'll be able to, I'll be heading up to Rush Creek with over 200 women at the Women's Wheeling event, and I'm going to be able to check all that stuff out. So anyway, it's on, it's, everything's good to go, and now it's just time to test it out. So speaking of steering components, coming up later in the show, Ron North from Steer Smarts, the company who makes the Yeti, is going to give us a few minutes of his time for a little interview, and we're going to hear some sneak peek stuff of parts that they're coming out with um, at SEMA in about a couple of weeks. So, Tammy, Ooh. let me ask you, uh, I don't think I heard you say this, uh, that uh, alignment report, did you show that to Jeff? Yes, I did, and I, that he specifically told me to bring it to him, mm-hmm. So he, because he wanted to see you know, everything and how they, how it worked. And they also wanted to see my Jeep after, um, 
um, it was a Goodyear company that um, did the alignment. They wanted to make sure that they tightened all my bolts back oh, yeah. up and everything was good to go. That's right. I remember you um, saying that. Yeah. But, and yeah, I did show Jeff the report and he, so he did what notice. what do you have to say about the camber? He said, I mean, we could, we both could barely read it, but he said it's off just a smidge. It's just right below the line. He says, I'm fine right now. Um, but what I'm going to need to watch for is um, oil, I guess, or grease leaking out of the axle. And it's going to like um, pile in the, um, this, what is it, the sea gusset? Is that what you call it? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, the reason why I ask my, is... It's from my, it's because of my bigger tires and all the wear and tear on the trails. Yeah, but you don't have that many miles on that, on that Jeep. Uh, I, uh, I, I don't know of an issue with, uh, JK ball joints, but, uh, ball joints will last a very long time, less so with, uh, the additional torque and like you say, wear and tear off road, bigger, a lot larger torque with the, the, the larger tires and wheels. Uh, I just, uh, my, the thing that I've always seen when I go to an alignment shop is you need 15 bazillion dollars worth of stuff done to your vehicle because the 89 or $129 for a freaking alignment isn't enough. Right. So no, they actually, they didn't, they didn't say I needed to do anything. Yeah. Well, they, they kind of are with this, uh, this ball joint thing. Cause replacing well, no, ball joints not, is, is pretty expensive. Right. But they're not the ones who. Okay. That's the thing. Not, yeah. Right. No, they never told me anything. Jeff explained to me that that's what these two little red. Right. Dots are that's and he said I'm like I'm good right now, but that's where this off camber stuff comes from. All right, I Jeff, just thought I'd check. Jeff, I know he's listening, and hopefully I explained it properly. Well, if Jeff understand it properly, if Jeff says that I feel more comfortable about it, I was just trying to make sure that right. the uh, the no, alignment no, the, shop wasn't trying to no, upsell no, no, you no. on something because no, no, no. I think it's very unusual that uh, like I said, unless there's a, a known issue with the ball joints on on JK's. And JKU's, I mean, you what? You got 30,000 miles on this vehicle, right? Yeah. So uh, this sounds, it kind of sounds funny to me. But Josh, any any opinions on that uh, from your side of it? No, I haven't heard a whole lot about the JKU's being notorious for ball joint issues. Um, but, you know, then again, you, anytime you start lifting a vehicle, getting off road, different wheels and tires, you know, you're going to be putting extra stressors and strains on factory components that, may or may not be designed to put up with those kinds of shear forces and extra torque and all that other stuff that you see with, you know, lifts and bigger tires and, you know, offsets and off-road, you know, abuse and, you know, that sort of stuff. So, but 30,000 miles is one of those numbers. It's kind of like right in the middle. He's like, well, we could be starting to show some signs of wear, but it is a little bit early. But then again, there have been some decent modifications and some decent wheeling. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to rule it out, but she's getting professional advice saying, hey, this isn't bad. You're still well within, you know, factory parameters. Let's keep an eye on this. Let's not do anything rash or right off the bat. No, no knee-jerk reactions. Let's go ahead and play the wait and see and see what happens. Well, I mean, I, I don't exactly. exact. kind of take you to task here a little bit, Josh. We accept money, so we're professionals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm going to, I'm going to agree with the, uh, with the advice that she was given. I mean, right. that, you know, the ball joints are going to be one of those things that if they do start to wear out, you are going to notice some camber issues. 
Um, I think that you're going to start feeling some vibrations and some other things in the wheels um, or in the wheel, you know, as you turn, you're going to notice some other performance issues in the handling of the vehicle before, uh, you know, it's like, well, it's definitely time to swap this out. You know, there's going to be some warning signs and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, the laser scope on an alignment in alignment shop or whatever is going to show these numbers, you know, what they're supposed to be and what they, you know, what they are. And that's going to pop up a little red light, yada, yada. So, but, and again, it's not the end of the world and it's not so far out of spec where it's like, yeah, geez, let's go ahead and hit the credit <laughs> card and let's get some replacement parts in there. Not quite there yet, but yeah, you know, it's good advice. Keep an eye on it. Let's see what happens. So Tammy, did you get the lifetime uh, alignment? Oh, actually, I no, I didn't. I don't think because I, I was did. just thinking. I think you can go was, in and have the alignment checked like every six months when you get the lifetime alignment. So that'd be a really good way of uh, of seeing how the camber was uh, progressing or or not progressing. And yeah, I think she said something about a Goodyear shop doing the alignment. Is that is that right? Yeah, Tammy? yeah, yeah. They, was, I I have I have had my Jeep aligned by a Goodyear shop out here as well, and they offer two forms of alignment. Right. One is a lifetime, and one is a not lifetime, which they only uh, guarantee for, I think it's about a year, maybe three years. Uh, I, it's been, obviously it's been a long time. Um, so either way, I didn't even know there was such a thing. I don't think. Yeah. The, the lifetime one, I think they allow you like two or three checks or, you know, updates a year. You can roll it in. They'll throw it up on the, on the scanner. Um, you know, hit the lasers with it, you know, make sure you're, you're still within. And if you do need adjustment, they'll take care of it. Now, the one time, the cheaper end of the alignment um, they will still allow you to do that, but they're going to start charging you if it's more than, I think, once in a year. Oh, that's interesting. So anyway, that might be a good way of, uh, of monitoring that, uh, that issue, Tammy, is just uh, take it in uh, however so often, you know, however many times you can do it for free. And because uh, you probably won't have any adjustments. And, and I think everybody here knows there are no camber adjustments on the, uh, the Jeep uh, with the, uh, the, the front axles, the straight front axle right. so there's nothing otherwise they would have yeah. done it yeah it, it would be uh you need a a big piece of machinery to yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could bend metal uh the, to adjust the camper but you know the good thing tammy is is that whenever you do go to upgrade the uh, the ball joints you can get some uh fancy ones that are heavier duty and yeah. uh, we can report on it right here on the uh, jeep talk show exciting now you just need to maybe get the jeep talk show to buy parts for you maybe ron will start <laughs> making Ball joints. Right? Oh, yeah, he could be. <laughs> I think they're going to start building Jeeps pretty soon. Yeah, I think so. Well, you guys, speaking of tech and info and all that good stuff, if you're looking for a good source of Jeep tech info, how-tos, and a gathering of fellow like-minded Jeepers, then please consider heading over to our forum, jeeptalkforum.com. Once there, you can engage with other Jeepers, ask questions, get answers to your build questions, check out some show, show and shine picks and off-road picks and videos and stuff like that, read about events, modifications, you can find a selection of some written transcripts from segments right here on the Jeep Talk Show. And if you're worried about how you're going to be treated, <laughs> don't worry. There's no flaming, no making fun, and of course, no such thing as a stupid question. Whether you're brand new to the Jeep world or you're on your 37th Jeep, well, there's something for every Jeeper over at JeepTalkForum.com. Wow, we were, uh, you guys really stepped up and uh, gave us some reviews this week. Let's, mm -hmm. let's get right into this. Yeah, we got one from 82 Stars and Stripes. I like that handle. That's a pretty good one. He says, more CJ love and happy 300th. I figured it was time to write a review since my six-year-old son is walking around the house and saying, from the mind of Nikki G in different voices. Oh, my God. <laughs> I oh hope Lord. that the tin hat syndrome is not <laughs> contagious. I have been enjoying the show from the XJ talk show days. 
I have to say my favorite part of the show is Josh's tech tips. My one criticism, nitpicky, would be I would love to see a little more love for the CJs. I feel the CJ is the Jeep that really brought Jeep products to mass market. My opinion, and if you ask my family, well, that's not worth much. <laughs> Keep up the good work, and thanks a lot. Well, thank you, 82 Stars and Stripes. Great review, and uh, thanks for the well wishes, man. And, and I swear uh, we're going to have to uh, claim plausible deniability uh, in regards to your son. <laughs> so, or any future mental issues. I'm sorry. So, you know, we love <laughs> contributors here. So if you or anybody out there has a lot of uh, a wealth of information about the uh, CJ, the civilian Jeep, we'd love to have, uh, have you do a little audio segment for us here, two or three minutes long. And uh, it doesn't have to be a weekly thing, just uh, whenever you feel like doing it. So uh, you can always uh, be a contributor here on the show. Just send us an email info at jeeptalkshow.com for more information. Or have your son call us in and let his, give us a voicemail message with uh, right. his different From the Nikki mind G voice. of Nikki G. <laughs> Three minutes of various voices of a six-year-old. I can't get over Nikki that. G. Yeah, that's Six-year-old great. son walking around the house saying, from the mind of Nikki G, <laughs> different voices. <laughs> I just I tickled pink. Uh, that was great. Love hearing those things. And from Twitter, we have White Mountain Dog. At Dog75MSU, he says, at Jeep Talk Show, hi, I'm a newbie to the Jeep world. Groot Waves, hi. <laughs> you don't know who Wave Groot emotion. is, do you? No, I have no idea. Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians Groot. of the Galaxy. The oh, I am Groot. Oh, okay. I am Groot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know he is now. And then a little heart emoji, us. Yeah, that was great. Sorry, uh, I failed that one miserably. That's all right. We uh, that, That's part of the charm of the show. Uh, the, uh, I responded back uh, to them on Twitter saying, uh, new, new Jeepers are great. You have everything, uh, everything's uh, new and, uh, you know, come over to the Jeep talk forum and we'll help you spend your money. <laughs> we love getting <laughs> the people to buy things and show us pictures and, and uh, hear about all the wonderful things that happen. So, uh, from Facebook, yes, you can leave reviews on Facebook. We have a, uh, have one here from uh, Adam B. He says, I recently started listening to the podcast. Great job on that. Keeps me entertained all day at work. I got my first Wrangler about a month ago. My Jeep addiction all started with my first Jeep, which was a 1982 Jeep J10 Honcho Edition, FSJ, but sold it. And now I have a 2002 Jeep Wrangler Sahara Edition on 35s, and it is bright red. I'm also. No, it's not. Uh uh, cut, cut, cut. Retake. It could be. That one in there. It could be bright red. At beside himself right now. Uh, I'm already. Uh, uh, I'm already all into buying parts. Well, that, that happens. It's got to happen. When I can't. Uh, but uh, next on my list is a winch for sure. I will send photos of my G, uh, J10 uh, and my current Wrangler. And he, and he did in in this uh, the message that he sent. I think it's a yellow. If I remember correctly, he has a nice bright yellow Jeep, which is probably next uh, to my favorite color uh, other than uh, red yeah it was red very cool yeah i don't hear a lot about the uh, about the fsj or full-size jeep owners anymore they're they're hard to come by and not a lot of them are still on the roads so. no i told him it would be hard for me to sell that honcho uh but he said uh, that uh, it helped pay for his wife going to college so it was for a good cause oh yeah well, and he's got her he got back into the game he's got himself a wrangler now and and it's and it's lifted with 35 so uh way to go adam you got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! 
And we had another listener write in here recently, and he asked the question, well, actually, really more made a statement than anything else, and I figured this would be a good opportunity to go over with some numbers with you guys. He says, I don't want to let the JKU go. No. I can't blame you. I can't blame you at all. His name is Mark, and he wrote into the show. He says, hello, Jeep Talk Show. I'm writing to you as I am in need of a truck, but I do not want to let my beloved Jeep Wrangler Unlimited go. I'll be staying with it in the Jeep family as I am looking at a Dodge Ram pickup. But I would like to know if you guys think it's worth it to wait a year and a half or more to pick up the Jeep pickup truck commander or just go with the Ram for now. Now, I'll be needing the truck for hauling skid, wood, dirt bikes, and also for hauling my camper trailer. Let me know what you think, and thanks for a great show. Have a great day, Mark. Well, Mark, there's a lot of ways to get around this. Obviously, you know, you've got many options at your at your disposal. Obviously, selling the Jeep is not one of them. So, you know, let's go ahead and make sure that we're all on the same page. Don't get rid of the Jeep, man. you got a few options, though. One of the other options is to buy a trailer. Now, uh, you could rent a full-size truck, or for those rare times, you actually are you know, relatively heavy. There's also a lease option. If you can find one, and not lease options for, for trucks are you know, kind of rare. You're going to have to find a dealership that's willing to participate. Um, the other option is industry, forestry, commercial, state police, and, and that sort of thing. Those kinds of auctions where you can find trucks at dime on a dollar, guys. And I'm talking some serious discounts there. But they're typically stripped down models, and, and uh, you know, they've been around the block a few times. Uh, easy to get. You can buy them cheaply to get you by, and you can settle, sell them back in a year or two for little to no loss and maybe even a little bit of a profit. And when it comes time to buy the new Jeep truck, well, you get that when it comes out. The bottom line, yes, definitely don't want to sell the JKU. Now, if you do tow a trailer with your Jeep, your, your Jeep Wrangler, you need to keep this in mind. I'm going to throw some numbers at you guys because this is important. The JKU is a pretty light rig, all things considered. It weighs in at less than 5,000 pounds, give or take, and especially if you have a two-door, well, you're substantially below that. Now, even with trailer brakes, a JKU towing loaded trailer is not the safest thing to try and stop. The general rule is to try and keep the trailer weight at about two-thirds to definitely no more than three-quarters of the vehicle weight. This is for the ability to come to a safe, controlled, and especially in a safe and controlled stop, especially in the event of a sudden stop. Now, in the case of Mark's uh, situation here, that's going to be about 2,700 to 3,000 pounds. If you have over a ton of dirt bikes, well, I don't know what to tell you then. But <laughs> with a quart of seasoned firewood approaching the 4,000-pound mark, well, you may have to do something that heavy in multiple trips. Now, with the addition of trailer brakes, dual axles on the trailer, weight distribution hitches, and stuff like that, you definitely change the recommendations a bit, as does the setup of the tow vehicle. Keep in mind, if you're running a huge lift and massive tires, you don't want to be towing a lot of weight anyways, for the average person needing to haul small loads of stuff in here and there, the JKU can do it. You just got to know the numbers. And I just gave them to you guys, so hope that does gives you some help. Now, in the case of Mark, you know, Mark, I, I know you mentioned that you, um, you also have a camper trailer, uh, stuff like that as well. I'm not sure of what that rated, uh, you know, what it's rated at. Uh, some of those camper trailers can get rather large. They can have a relatively heavy tongue weight. I don't even know if it's a fifth wheel or not. So, you know. There's definitely some considerations there that may not, you know, work in for some of my, these recommendations and force you to be, be buying a full-size truck here relatively soon. Now, if you can get away from that and you can, you know, get most of your stuff done with a trailer um, or if it is a light, uh, light uh, camper trailer and the Jeep can tow it, well, then you're going to be in good business. Um, man, I hope this helps. I Really, this is one of these things where there's a hundred different ways that you can go. It's really going to depend on, you know, how much instant gratification you're looking for and, of course, what your budget is. Uh, and if you guys are in a similar situation, by all means, you can always post up a question like this over at our forum or you can reach out to me and shoot me an email directly 
at info at jeeptalkshow.com. Just put in the subject line Tech Talk, and I'll get it here on the show. You know, um, I read this uh, this email uh, into, that came into us, and thank you very much for, for sending this sending us that email. I love seeing this type of thing. Uh, gives me uh, gives me time to think about uh, uh, what I, what would I do in this situation. And it immediately hit me that I think a Dodge Ram pickup would make an excellent tow vehicle. <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> but absolutely. you but he probably can't afford the Ram truck and the JKU, and that's hence uh, why it has to be one or the other. So uh, it, it crossed my mind uh, that uh, maybe what you could do, maybe not right away, but maybe what you could do is uh, get the Dodge Ram pickup because of all the heavy items that you need to, to, to pull, but also use that as a tow vehicle and get you a TJ. Or if you, if you don't have a $10,000 budget for a, you know, like a trail only rig or something that you wouldn't drive every day. I think he's planning on keeping the JKU. It sounds like he doesn't want to get rid of it. And oh, he's going to do everything he can to, to, to hold on to it. It's just a matter of, well, he's got a hole to fill now. And uh, even though the JKU is, is, you know, daily driver, all that sort of stuff, he's got some hauling to do. He has a camper trailer that he wants to use. Right. And the JKU may not be fitting the bill. He might need a full-size truck to, to handle some of these other chores and, and other duties that the JKU may not be able to do. And even with a trailer, you know, obviously, if, he, if he's got a rather large camping trailer, JKU is not going to do it. But, you know, yeah, you're right, Tony. You know, a, a full-size, you know, pickup. A Dodge Ram will definitely be a great tow rig. You know, consider uh, getting a, you know, relatively inexpensive flatbed trailer that, can, that you can roll the Jeep on. And now you've got yourself something you can go across the country and find yourself in Moab next year. Yeah, and, and just to finish my thought, I would say if you could get you a TJ, but if a, a $10,000 or a $12,000 budget isn't there for you, you can always find a Jeep Cherokee someplace, and you can usually find them pretty damn cheap. And then you have uh, you still have a Jeep. You can still go off-road. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I agree with Josh on this. You know, Keep the JKU if you can. But, uh, I mean, if you can do the truck and the JKU, but I couldn't afford both of them, uh, not, not payments on both of them. So uh, just thinking, we got to keep you in the Jeep family. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's right there with us. Don't do it. <laughs> but he's got all that stuff. He's got to move around, Tammy. What would you do? Uh, sell the dirt bikes and get another JKU. Oh, <laughs> another JKU. <laughs> when one won't do, you might as well have yeah, to. Have to. <laughs> right. Just get rid of all that other stuff. You don't need it. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to announce we have a special interview tonight, and it's Ron North with Steer Smarts. Hey, Ron, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine, Tammy. How about you? I'm doing awesome. So, hey, Ron, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, about Steer Smarts. Well, Steer Smarts is kind of a young company in the performance aftermarket. It's about three years old. But our parent company, which is Powers and Sons, has been around for over a century. So we got a lot of experience, and we're taking the OEM business that we're we've done so much in and kind of uh, took our lessons learned and started making some very cool Jeep JK products for steering, track bars, and suspension products. 
So, Ron, you personally, do you drive a Jeep or do you own a Jeep? Well, we have several Jeeps in the company, and I drive them every day. So, yes, oh, well, uh, you're definitely you. <laughs> a Jeep driver. And, you know, this is a question Tony's going to have to ask because Tony and I are in this little color war for Jeeps. As you know, I have a oh, black Jeep. there's no Jeep. war. There's no and war, what? Tammy. We know which one's the best. Yeah. <laughs> Tony likes red Jeeps. So, what color are the – I'm I, – I think I know what color the Steer Smart Jeeps are because I've seen them, but I'll let you let everyone know. Well, we're actually redoing everything for SEMA this year. So our black Jeep is going to be two-tone gray and silver. We have an orange Jeep, and we have a white one. So at SEMA, we're going this year with the orange one and the gray and silver one. Oh, there you go. Don't you find that the brighter colors attract more attention, Ron? <laughs> Well, the red ones are pretty. I can't argue with that, Tony. Uh, there you go, Tammy. Uh, it's interesting color combination. So uh, th this isn't your first year at SEMA, is it? No, we've been there two years previously. Uh, we, we used to attend it quite a bit with our parent company, but Steer Smart's being into its third year, this is our third visit with a booth and actually bringing a Jeep to the event. Now, if I recall from the, the last time you were with us, the interview you did with Tammy, uh, Steer Smarts isn't a three-year-old company, at least not the technology that you guys uh, are uh, uh, using. Uh, you've actually, uh, the technology uh, part of the company has been around for a very long time. If I, like, again, if I call, recall correctly. Yes, we've been in business for more than a century, more than 100 years. In fact, we started delivering products to Henry Ford by by uh, horse and wagon, believe it or not. That takes us back into the, you know, 1909 days. So, wow. yeah, we've been around for a while, and uh, we got into the steering and suspension products in 1932. So, yeah, we've got a lot of, a lot of experience. Yep. So I just want to make sure that uh, all our listeners out there uh, realize this isn't some uh, upstart fly-by-night uh, type uh, operation here. They've been uh, doing this uh, type of, uh, of, of engineering for many, many years. Yeah, and especially with the JK, the type of steering linkage that it has, you know, it's been our specialty with the F-Series Ford trucks, the Ram trucks, and uh, just recently with the General Motors uh, trucks. That's the 2500 to 4500. So we got a lot of experience in heavy-duty steering linkage. So, uh, Tammy, I don't think I was messing around with some technical things here. Uh, I don't think you already asked this. What are the products that you guys are selling and, and what do they do? I mean, why would somebody need this on their Jeep? Well, first of all, you know, we looked at what, what vehicles are kind of, you know, rough in the way they drive because of short wheelbase and so forth. And we all looked at the Jeep as being one of the Jeep, one of the vehicles that we could really try to improve the steering on. So we invented the product called the Griffin Attenuator, which really reduces all the road hazard that you feel through the steering wheel and kind of kind of takes away some of the swaying of the vehicle. And that really took off. Uh, that was our first product. And Tammy, you remember when we sent you one and you put it on your vehicle, how much it improved the steering. Oh, it was amazing. It was it made the ride so much better driving on the highway i was more relaxed i wasn't so tense it was it was the best thing one of the best things that i've put on my jeep i will have to say that so how exactly is does it I, i'm i don't want to throw words into anybody's mouth here but uh, cuz i haven't experienced it myself uh how does it uh, go about smoothing the ride uh, ron well what it does is 
you know, right now a a linkage that's uh, on a regular Jeep JK, it's a steel input from the knuckle to the gearbox, and that transfers right on through to the steering wheel. So we put this unit in between the gearbox and the knuckle, and it acts like a a buffer in a way. It's uh, got a preload on it, and it can travel a little bit under, you know, shocks that it feels from the road. It's it's similar to where if you hit a hammer on a on a steel table, you know, it's a, it's a hard bang. Where if you use like a mallet, you still got the force there, but it kind of deadens the the blow. That's what our attenuator does in a drag link. It just kind of buffers that those hard harsh feelings that you feel from the road. Really makes a difference. So after the Griffin attenuator you guys like decided, hey, there's more we can do. And what else have you come up with? Well, what we did was we took a lot of our truck experience in the one and a half to two and a half ton trucks that we do for Ford, because we build all their Ford F-250 to 750 linkage for Ford Motor Company. We, you know, we learned a lot over the years that we've been building that linkage. And we kind of applied all those lessons learned to a whole new steering linkage. We call the Yeti steering linkage. And that's a tie rod and drag link assembly. Very heavy duty for the guys that have the 35, 37, 40 inch wheels. And then we took it a step further. We took the attenuator that we made for a stock linkage and made a, a extreme duty version of that and put it on the Yeti linkage. So we got a very heavy duty linkage that's probably similar to a two ton linkage that's just bolt on that has the heavy-duty attenuator on it. And that's just, it, it's really marvelous on how that's improved the, the feel when you're driving down the road. There's nothing that compares with it. Now, there was, if I remember right, there was something that you guys did, and I think you and uh, Tammy were talking about this before the interview started. Uh, you guys don't actually require, uh, I don't know, remember the exact term, but basically reverse reaming uh, the uh, the knuckle so that you can be over the top on the knuckle is am, am I remembering that correctly? Tell us more about that if if, you, if I am. You are. You know the first thing we looked at when we were developing the Yeti linkage was what are the difficulties people are having out there doing these lifts and putting their heavy duty linkages on. Well, God, I was amazed to find out people are drilling their knuckles out with a seven H drill, and that's tough to do on a you know taper hole that's there, and then pushing in some kind of an insert. And then using like a right-hand drive, flipping it over and mounting it that way. So one of my sales guys came up with the idea of the no-drill top mount. And it worked just excellent. We put a little sleeve in the bottom that fits into the taper that's already there from the factory. We came through with an induction-hardened stud that has a big shoulder on it. We tighten that down, and that's a better, stronger joint than the production joint. And... It takes two minutes to install. It's just all bolt on. No <laughs> drill. Yep. I bet you that saves a lot of cussing too. <laughs> oh, the, the conversion shops love it. Uh, we sell thousands of those to conversion shops because now they just, you know, bolt it together for in about two minutes time instead of a half hour of labor time, which mm-hmm. costs money. And uh, they're all smiles. I can't make them fast enough. That's great so- to hear. So, Ron, you said you were going to SEMA. Are you guys going to be introducing any new cool products that you're going to be coming out with? Like you, maybe you could give us a little sneak peek. 
Oh, yeah, I'd be glad to. You know, that's only like three weeks away, and we're working around the clock. We're uh, we're building our Hemi, our uh, Jeeps up with the one we put a Hemi 6.4 in it, and wow. that's our show Jeep that's going inside the South Hall upper floor. And uh, we got another Jeep that's going to go, the orange one's going to go outside front by the escalators when you come to the SEMA Convention Hall. And awesome. uh, some of the products, we it's it's we got a whole uh, crate of products just going for the new product showcase. We have a, a new track bar this year that's, oh gosh, it's almost uh, 10 pounds heavier than our competition and, and very strong. That's uh, going into the new product showcase along with the track bar pro, which has even stiffer bushings. We got a relocation bracket for that track bar that's made out of quarter inch steel. That's going in there. We're going to have a aluminum tie rod, JK Yeti huh. linkage that we're making out of the 70, 75 T651 aluminum. That's got an inch and three quarter OD and it's, and it'll be the only aluminum linkage out there that I know of that uses clamps instead of jam nuts. We have a new uh, 60 series tie rod coming out for the guys that have the 60 series axles. That's a Yeti uh, tie rod that'll also have a steel adjustment tube or aluminum. So we got all kinds of new neat projects uh, that are being introduced at SEMA this year. That sounds so exciting. Um, as you know, thank you, Ron, for um, sending me out the the Yeti, and I installed it. Um, we had it installed two days ago, and I posted on my social media, and so now I got people asking me questions. And one of the questions was, um, "Do you, are any of your products um, compatible with the TJ? Well, it's funny you asked. Uh, that's also a new product that we're going to launch at SEMA is the attenuator that we've, you know, really started the company on. We're going to announce a new attenuator, Griffin attenuator for the TJ model, and that'll be oh, at that's... SEMA this year, too. And we'll start selling those early next year. We're announcing them at SEMA, but then uh, that's going to be in production right around February. So we're excited about that new program. So, Ron, I got to ask, you know, uh, Josh and I, uh, who, who uh, uh, is uh, another co-host on the show here, uh, both have uh, Jeep Cherokees, the XJ. And I don't think the steering linkage is any different than it is on the TJ. Uh, so is it possible that the TJ uh, linkage that you're going to announce could also be used on the uh, beloved Jeep Cherokee? Yeah, I believe the attenuator will replace your adjustment sleeve that you have on your drag link, and I think it'll fit on yours, too. I'll have to check with my engineers to be sure. But uh, we are testing it on a TJ now, and uh, I'm pretty sure it'll fit your, your vehicles too. So, Oh, that'd be great. If that's the case, we'll have to send you and Josh one so you guys can try it out for us. <laughs> sure, we'd be happy to do that. Um, <laughs> so uh, I know there's a lot of uh, old uh, XJ Talk Show listeners out there that are going, Cherokee, Cherokee, ask the Cherokee, Cherokee question. So I had to throw that <laughs> right. one in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, because before well, we, we got, were, go ahead. We have one of our uh, lead uh, designers right now working on a whole new linkage for TJ. We're looking at completely revamping the linkage from knuckle to knuckle to gearbox. So it really sounds like uh, people are really embracing uh, your Griffin uh, and uh, other technologies for you guys to be expanding your line. I'm I'm really happy to hear that, and I'm sure you guys are too. Yeah, we're excited. Our our brand branding of our uh, trade, uh, the Steer Smarts, is just growing leaps and bounds every week. I get so many calls from people that just can't believe the the experience they're experiencing with our our steering linkage with the attenuator on there. 
So I'm all ears listening to it all and, and got a lot of smiles on my face. So, Tammy, a uh, question for you. Uh, I know you haven't been driving uh, very long uh, since uh, uh, this SteerSmarts uh, stuff has been installed on your uh, on, let's say computer, on your Jeep, uh, but uh, have you noticed a difference between what you had on there before? Yeah, I um, after I got it installed, I per Ron's um, suggestion, I had it professionally, um, the front end alignment, and of course that was off a little from before, but I feel like it's smoother and it's a, I don't, I don't know, maybe like a tighter, tighter drive. Um, I did find um, when the attenuator went on the first time a couple years ago that my steering wheel didn't feel as loose. That's the best way I can describe it. And now it just feels even, I mean, tighter is the only word that I can think of and smoother. I think I remember um, from uh, from a, a past show that you felt more uh, at ease. You felt more oh, in control on the highway yep. because it just felt like it was uh, – it's more stable and uh, like yep. the Jeep was going to do what you uh, what you thought it was going to do. Now, Ron, this is now this isn't just a, a highway modification, is it? I mean, it's it's useful on or off road. Oh yes, definitely. I mean, this is the strongest linkage that's ever been built for Jeep, and it's all bolt on, and it's it's built to take the forty inch tire Jeep uh, modifiers with the big lifts. And all across all the you know the trails they can find. Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's it's yeah. the strongest linkage around. And you know, Tammy, one of the reasons why you're you're feeling more uh, precision, you know, we put a no flop feature that we've been putting on Ford trucks since uh, 1992, I think, is when we first put it on. And the linkage doesn't flop around, which you know saves the linkage from wearing itself out just when you go down bumpy roads. And also, we put the 30 millimeter ball with steel on steel bearings in each joint there's four joints so that all adds to making it feel a whole lot more precision and precise now i know a lot of the over the knuckle uh steering upgrades have this uh embedded slop that i think is tie rod roll uh and uh, you yes. don't have that at all in this in this setup is that correct yeah it's completely eliminated we don't have more than a probably a half or a quarter of a degree and we build that right into the socket so if somebody greases their their the Yeti linkage about every ten thousand, five thousand, ten thousand miles, this will last a lifetime on a Jeep. It'll be the last linkage you have to buy. Excellent. That's what I was. That's what I was going to ask you um, because we obviously um, greased it when um, after we installed it. So is this something that we have to do often? Because I know for my front drive shaft, when I go through water, I'm going to need to grease it every time and. And pretty much every time I get an oil change. So what about greasing um, the linkage that I have now? You won't have to grease it as much as your, your drive shaft. What we do is we have uh, very precision seals put on these that are purgeable seals. And they're built to keep moisture out. So it's, it's nice every time you change the oil to give it a shot of grease. But don't over-grease it. Just a shot is all it needs. And that steel and steel bearings on the 30 millimeter ball, like I say, it'll last a lifetime. And those purgeable seals are, they're built to keep moisture out. And a lot of our competitors, uh, they just buy these, these uh, seals from across the seas or something. I don't know. They just don't last as long as our seals. Oh, by the way, our complete linky, all of our products are 100% made in the USA. Oh, that's important. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. 
I guess the only way it could be better is if they were all everybody making it was were veterans, Ron. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Wouldn't that be something? We do have a lot of vets at our shop. You know, we're in a little town in Ohio called Montpelier, Ohio, and it's kind of neat. You know, our uh, some of our senior workers that have been there, you know, 30, 35 years, their children work there. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of generations just in our factory. And you want to talk about somebody that uh, does good quality work. It's these team of guys that you know, we got the mom and the pops and the kids and the, even the grandkids in some cases. It's it's a beautiful setup. So, so Ron, um, once you're done with SEMA, what will these two Jeeps that you have, they're just going to be your, you know, go-to-show Jeeps? Is that what the plan is? Well, they're both. They're uh, durability trucks, uh, Jeeps, and they're also show Jeeps. So we take them to a lot of events and we set up booths everywhere. And we put our product out and, you know, people can walk by and chat with us for a while and actually crawl under the Jeep and see how it all installs. And it's working out very good. So, yeah, these these Jeeps will be on the road all year long, just uh, touring different facilities and also our dealers. We're really building up a nice dealer network. And uh, these Jeeps, we take them around to our dealers when we're setting up new dealers and showing them how the product installs and kind of doing a dealer training with these jeeps also so it's working out very well that's great so what about what about taking them off road well, we, do. Events? we go to these uh events uh the off-road events too and yeah we uh we you know go through the mud mud racks and we, we do it all <laughs> you pretty much have to to be uh, right. uh for people to uh consider you to be a legitimate uh a non-mall crawler if you will right so right. ron I, I know people would like to be able to uh, meet up with uh, uh the uh, steer smarts folks maybe even yourself it, can they uh, find out this information on uh, your social media where uh, where can they uh, reach out to you or steer smarts to find out what's going on well we're really big on facebook and twitter and in instagram so uh, those three methods, we communicate with uh, a lot of partners and, you know, a lot of followers. And uh, that's the easiest way. And then our website's right there. And then my phone number's right on the website. I love talking to people. Uh, gosh, I hope I don't get a bunch of calls now. That, yeah. I was just uh, going to say, you must. Up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, we're, we're open. I, I've got some real sharp guys that uh, really know what they're doing. And, yeah, we, we love people that call us. So a lot of people just call us and say, "Hey, we got this problem. My my, I got death wobble, and you know, I'll have them send pictures in of their suspension and give them advice how to fix it. You know, that's that's what we're in business for. Yeah, that's great. It's all about the customer service. I mean, great product and customer service. Uh, so uh, I guess mm-hmm. it's the Steer Smarts on Facebook or you guys on Instagram. Uh, people like the pictures. Yes, we are. Okay, so you yes, guys uh, Instagram slash Steer Smarts. Excellent. We're on Twitter dot com slash steer smarts facebook.com slash steer smarts and then our website is you know steer smarts.com oh man that's there that's that's really easy easy easy, yep. easy. so ron thanks a lot for joining us oh, uh, yeah, tonight uh can't uh, uh thank you enough for being our first guest on our brand new episode 301 uh, new format on the jeep talk show well i've been really excited to be invited to this so thanks a lot for your support and and let me uh talk that's what I love doing. Thank you so much, Ron. I appreciate everything you've done over the years for me. Uh, same here. Thanks, guys, and, and good luck with this new format that you're doing. 
This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Tim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And, and you're listening, listening to the Jeep, Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, a nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. And hey guys, uh, if you want to get involved with the show, the best way to do it is to give us a phone call. 530-675-4102. Put that into your smartphone right now. Put it on speed dial. Make sure you memorize those numbers. It's a 24-7 voicemail line. Nobody will ever answer that phone call. So you can call answer that phone line. You can call at 3.30 in the morning, three sheets of the wind, and in fact, we would encourage it. <laughs> Anytime, anywhere, leave us a voicemail. That's right. From the mind of Nikki G. Hello? Hello? Anybody there? This is Nikki G. I'm here for the live show and the live chat. Where is everybody? <laughs> this is like the surprise birthday party they threw me. Oh. And everybody hid so well, I couldn't find them. Anyway. I just got some new shoes I bought from a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, but I've been tripping all day. You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I've been tripping all day. I don't know what he laced does them with. Does he come up with these himself, or does he have a joke book at home? Well, you know, uh, he works uh, at an airport, so he goes into those airplanes. I'm thinking he he's reading stuff that's been uh, jotted down on the bathroom walls of those things. Or he's been whipping <laughs> that, all those fumes from the planes. <laughs> Jeez. All I know is I'm glad for what's getting in and out of that tinfoil hat. I so. just, I keep, yeah. I keep hearing a six-year-old just saying from the mind of Nikki G <laughs> and different voices. <laughs> Crack me up. <laughs> uh, he needs to record that and send it to us. <laughs> oh, seriously, put it on YouTube. I'll go viral. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of going viral or having a, some sort of virus, let's get over to Jeep Mama's product review. This is okay. sick. <laughs> okay, so for this review, I'm going to go way back um, to the Drake Off-Road Four-Wheel Drive Shifter Knob. Isn't that the thing now you hit I, yourself in the oh, head with? I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> trying to pull off the old one. <laughs> yep. When I first put this on my Jeep, um, and reviewed it for the Jeep Talk Show back in December 2014 on episode 174. Oh, I absolutely loved it back Research. then. Yes. <laughs> I even made a YouTube video showing how to replace it for the stock shifter knob, which is pretty funny and it has quite a few views. But anyway, um, replacing that stock shifter knob was really hard to do. So what I wanted to do is three years later, I wanted to find out, do I still love that shifter knob? Well, yes, I do. I still love it. I love how it feels in my hand. I love that rubber tire tread, which makes for getting a good grip. And it has held up awesomely um, over the three years. Um, back then, it was for $29.99. It was billet aluminum. Mine had a black finish. I think you can get a silver finish. And around the sides is a soft rubber tire tread hand grip. And it's so comfortable for your hand. It's an easy install once you get the stock <laughs> shifter knob off. 
It's tough and durable construction, and it only weighs eight ounces, so it's not going to add a whole lot of weight to your Jeep. Um, one thing to note is when you're putting this on your Jeep, you need to make sure you get that set screw in really good. Um, I had it on my transfer case shifter knob and my just my regular shifter knob, and I didn't get the transfer case one set properly. So when I was shifting into four low one time when I was um, out wheeling, when I was having a hard time shifting into four low, um, I just pulled it right off. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh. Anyway, it took me several tries before I got it set in good, and um, I was just out researching it more again. And I've heard that from a few other people that you got to really make sure you get that set screw in really good. So anyway, I know how people like to make their Jeep their own, and this is a really cool shifter knob. I love mine little uh, blue Loctite on that uh, set screw will uh, help it from vi- uh, right. backing off during vibrations, too. That's a good idea. It's usually a secondary thought. I, I usually get it installed and go, mm, you know, I should have put oh. some Loctite on that. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, the, shortly after uh, you were you had posted up that uh, the review of that, I, I had started looking around for some, you know, shifter knob mods, you know, get some ideas of my own, maybe something I could create on my own and whatnot. And I know there's a lot of you know, junkyard mod type of things that you can do right. out there for, for, you know, I know like the TJs and the, and the XJs that they, they can actually share the shift knob uh, for the transmission, the automatic transmission with those from a, a, a ZJ uh, or a, or a W uh, or a WK. And, and uh, they are substantially more comfortable in your hand when, when you ta- are talking about like the ergonomics of, right. um, of that shift yep. knob in your hand. It made me think of, you know, I, there's a lot I don't like about my own shift knob and, and how I, you know, one of these days it's always been on, you know, way down on the priority list of something that I want to do. That's something I want to change or upgrade my own Jeep. And it's one of these little things that you don't really think about it all that often. Uh, you know, when you're daily driving the Jeep, it's one thing and you got that thing in your hand a lot, uh, you know, but when you're not, no longer daily driving the Jeep, it kind of gets, putting on the back burner and other things kind of come up, you know, become a little bit more important and whatnot. And these are one of those things that I've forgotten about it for a couple of years. And now you just talking about this and, and doing a three year, you know, review on this thing. Now that it's been in the Jeep three years, you've wheeled with it. You've got some experience with it. Uh, got some longevity with it. I'm going to revisit some of those mods and, and, uh, and check out some of the stuff that's out there for, for my own Jeep. I know. That'd be I, I, awesome. I don't know about the JK or the JKU transmission, uh, the automatic transmission, but on the, uh, the 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 XJs, it's a T handle and it has a button that you have to press in to disengage mm-hmm. it to move it. So any modification that you're going to do is going to have to include some sort of way of that's uh, right of uh, pressing a little button or something to release the uh, the locking mechanism. Or I guess you could disable the locking mechanism, have it always engaged. But oh, that that'll would be, be kind that'll of. Be- that would kind of be bad, I would think. I was gonna say, if you take that take that uh, that locking mechanism out, and you're driving down the freeway and have to come to a short stop, or you're gonna be putting in the park really quick. <laughs> or if your girlfriend gets uh, very in there on its own, gets very aggressive, uh, she could actually oh, yeah. uh, uh, throw you into reverse. Uh, yeah, literally and figuratively. <laughs> so, yeah, don't uh, don't disable the safety features, but that would be interesting. I bet you you could uh, come up with your own, like a a grenade with a little. Uh, maybe you pull the pin to unlock it. <laughs> Oh, I saw, I saw, I saw one, one time somebody had, uh, taken, uh, an old like video game joystick. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like, you know, from the, from the days of, you know, uh, the old arcade days, I'm talking about like computer gaming joystick. It looked like a flight simulator joystick type of thing. They had that thing 
sitting on top of their shift nut or up on the uh, top of the transmission. I, that looked kind of cool, really. And I mean, obviously, all those buttons and, and, and stuff didn't work. At least I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they didn't. Uh, but nonetheless, it was a really cool modification I saw. Yeah, it's a th- I think it's one of the m- most interesting things to me about really owning the vehicle is being able to make modifications to it. And Jeeps are just so wonderful because there are so many aftermarket mods that you can do. And it's fun making your own mods, but uh, sometimes um, seeing those aftermarket mods gives you uh, inspiration for your own modifications. Right. So. Yeah. Just, it's just a lot of fun. That's funny, funny you bring that up. I, there was somebody that wrote into the show, and I actually answered a tech question. I think it was either episode 299 or episode 300, um, where they were asking for some exhaust advice. And, and uh, right. they actually wrote in and, and thanked me for, for answering their question on the air. Oh, wow. And, uh, and had asked a follow-up question, which I, in turn, answered quite extensively into being like a page you? and a half email i said yeah. <laughs> that really? seems strange yeah, i know that's not the josh you guys know right <laughs> so, no, you in a talkative mood <laughs> yeah, i ended up getting into getting into those things of you know personalizing your jeep and you know making your own and you know that right. sort of stuff and we're talking about some of those mods that you know and there, there is so much aftermarket for jeeps i don't know if there is a larger aftermarket than for the jeep you know the 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 jeep cross section of of the world but um you know i kind of i kind of touched on that it's like there can be it can be overwhelming when you're you know first getting into aftermarket and and vehicle modifications and and making that rig your own and uh and so you know trying to point him in the right direction of a few things that he was looking at and stuff so uh but it was was kind of funny you you mentioned that and and it was like i almost said those exact same words in an email here recently yeah well it's, it's very true and i think we a lot of us uh that have uh, been doing jeeping for even it's a couple of years like tammy i uh, know exactly uh uh those have have had that same have that had those same thoughts it's, it's overwhelming at first very overwhelming well that's why we're that's why we're here yep to make it less overwhelming It is officially fall. It is, isn't it? Yeah, we yeah, uh, passed that, uh, that time in the planetary alignment uh, where you know, things are going to start getting colder. And we're only expecting another hurricane on the Gulf Coast uh, this Sunday. barely <laughs> a Category 1. It's going to be some Yeah, that's, that's, that's nothing. Fine. It's a Category 12 with the sharks in the air, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Yeah, Sharknadoes <laughs> reported. Oh, man. Yeah, no, they are expecting a, a relatively uh, harsh winter again this year here in the Pacific Northwest. We had an unusually uh, snowy winter last year, and they're uh, they're predicting the same sort of uh, same sort of thing this year. So, uh, all the more reason why uh, I'm I'm anxious to to get be uh, get the Jeep back oh, on yeah. the road. You need something that's uh, that better suited for uh, those conditions. Now, it, the Honda did just fine last year, and I've I've been driving front wheel drive vehicles in the snow for well my entire life, and I know how to do it. Um, a lot of people don't, but uh, it, it's just you know a few tricks and, and tips, and you you're just fine. But uh, yeah, it's nothing like the Jeep. So, but unfortunately, I don't have anything to report on as far as that's concerned. I I do have something I want to say. I mean, it, we're we're just about a month or so away from a big show coming up, and uh, you know, I I really was wanting to get down to SEMA this year, the Special Equipment Manufacturers Association uh, show. Uh, it is it is one of those huge events that happen uh, once a year. And, and of course, it happens in Vegas, you know, the, the, the capital of large events. But n- 
unfortunately, I don't have any more paid time off uh, from work until November, and, and it's just not in the cards. A short notice plane ticket, accommodations, all the other stuff that's going to go into that, uh, it's going to be in high demand. There's a lot of people. This this event draws tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, to Vegas for this one event. It is that big. Uh, and yeah. all of that stuff, you know, rooms are going to be at a premium price. Tickets are going to be at a premium price. Uh, it's going to be something that, you know, I got to think of six months in advance and, and plan for. So it's, it might be something for next year. Maybe well, would, for would, all of us. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd love to have all of us, you know, show up at, at Cena so one cool. year and just, you know, just take over. <laughs> I there will, isn't going to be a vendor left that isn't going to be, could you guys get the, the Jeep Talk Show people too? Right. Would leave me <laughs> I was like, jeez. Uh, I promise to secretly record a drunk Tammy and Josh talking oh, about geez. all kinds of things under the sun. <laughs> Not good. No, Tony... What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> if, if it was what happens if it was Cena, stays in SEMA. The Jeep Talk Show went to SEMA. We were in Vegas, but unfortunately, we can't share any of no, it. No, they so. confiscated <laughs> all <laughs> recorded materials. Yes. Oh, that would be scary. Quite scary. All right, Tammy. Well, uh, let's see. What do you got on the so, list here? Well, when I was at um, Adrenaline Off-Road, Jeff was um, looking on Amazon for um, dusk, dusk masks. And he came out of um, where his computer is, and he's like, did you know that they sell used dusk masks on Amazon? <laughs> I don't like no where this way. is going. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, they do. He even, he uh, he goes, he printed it out for me so we could talk about it on the show because we, we thought it was pretty funny. But, um, I mean, who, they're, like, you could get a box of 50 for, like, seven bucks. A box used of 50. One, Used. That's <laughs> no, no, no. Those are the new ones. The new ones are oh. seven dollars. Oh, okay. The used <laughs> ones are six dollars and thirty-three cents. Well, they have you're flavor. Saving, well, they, you're they, saving. You're saving seventy-seven <laughs> cents by using used dust mass. I mean, well, that's just gross. I remember I mean, you put it on that this is, you know, the guy who was wearing it before you. You know, eats raw onions, drank nothing but coffee, and you know, smokes yeah. cigarettes endlessly. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, dear lord. <laughs> so, I mean, that's anyway that we ha- we we had a good laugh with that. So, did you uh, uh, share? You can you can find just about anything online. Did you happen to check, yeah. or did y'all happen to check to see if there was any used underwear, Tammy? No, I, we were talking about <laughs> next thing you know, there's going to be used razors and I'm like, yeah, use needles. And in my head, I was thinking used underwear, but I didn't want to bring that up. That was, oh, they got vending machines in Japan yeah. for that sort of stuff. Cause there's yeah. uh, there was a movie. I'm serious. Steve, yeah. There was a movie that Steve Martin was Promise. in uh, that he, uh, he actually was going to make soup with underwear. So, uh, <laughs> oh, <Lord>. uh <laughs> if you guys have never, if you guys have never turned. watched, yeah. If you had never watched uh, dead men don't wear plaid. It is not a great movie, but it has some wonderful moments to it. It uh, just hilarious, and uh, that was a comeback that Steve Martin made. Uh, uh, can I use her underwear to make soup? <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where some of that stuff comes from. Uh, hey, um, I was thinking about something since I have a, a more raspberry pie. Uh, yes, uh, actually, uh, <laughs> I, I guess my my drive ends only about thirty or forty minutes uh, in the morning, but. Uh, in the uh, in the evening, it's anywhere from uh, you know forty five minutes to an hour and a half, so I have plenty of time to uh, oh. to think about stuff. And it dawned on me that all of the lights and things that I have on my Jeep could be controlled from my Raspberry Pi. I could actually have 
a uh, a GUI display, and it would I would be able to select what lights would come on and off just by touching the touchscreen, and I should be able to have a pattern programmed into it, so I could literally. Oh dear Lord, here we go. <laughs> I could literally have all these lights flashing and blinking, and with a microphone attached, I could go disco. Oh God. <laughs> I was waiting for something else. <laughs> uh, play the YMCA song. You know, <laughs> just need some uh, external uh, audio. Get some, uh, get some blue and red uh, plastic covers for the lights on top. Oh there yeah, that would work out well. People over. That would work out well for me. I'm sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that is interesting though. I mean, I, I've I've always thought that a touchscreen switch panel would be so cool. Yeah. Um, but oh, you know, yeah. the microcontrollers, you know, there's going to be, you know, onboard surface mount relays involved. You know, there, I mean, that would be an extensive install uh, requiring a fair amount of, you know, high level wiring. Obviously, you, you're, you're, you know, capable of doing a lot of that stuff, Tony, as am I. Uh, but this is, you know, this is stuff that would be way above well, most people's well, heads as far as back up. Okay. And then, and then you got to, you know, look. And those, a lot of the touch screens are very, very small. Um, the interface on those, the buttons would probably be relatively small as well. Uh, trying to, you know, mess with those while you're on the road, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're going to want to put in a seven-inch tablet, you know, for for that sort of gooey. Well, but, you know. let me let me help you out there with with that, Bubba, because uh, it's it's a it's a change because you can get a eight relay module for like 20 bucks and a raspberry pi for 40 bucks a seven inch touchscreen display for 70 bucks and wiring it up to the pi extremely simple and then you have uh, you just have to write a little program to uh, put the buttons up on the on the display and you run it oh is that all you got to do it's uh, you can <laughs> probably download you can probably download it yeah. frankly or, you know, I could, I could I'm get talking a, a box about a, of switches from Amazon for $27 and be good. <laughs> well, the, the problem with that is, is where do you mount them? Yeah. And and this allows you to have a multifunction display that you could do OBD2 data if you have a 96 or later. Mm -hmm. uh, it could also, you know, handle the switches. And there's functions that you would not be able to do with switches, like I was talking about flashing in, in different patterns. And that'd but, be really cool just being able to swipe a screen and be like, okay, here's all my vehicle info. Okay, here's my switch panel. Okay, here's my reverse camera. Yeah. Okay, here's, you know, exactly. infotainment, you know, all that sort of stuff. Just GPS. swipe. Yeah, no, that's 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 really cool. But man. but no, so. I understand what you're saying, and that's exactly the way I used to think about it. But since I've been playing around with the Raspberry Pis here, it is incredibly simple. And the, the sensors are very cheap. Most of them under uh, 10 bucks. Most of them under, uh, uh, and, and, and of those, uh, usually around five or six bucks. You, but you know that half of our listeners out there are thinking Marie Calendars. <laughs> the Raspberry Pi Marie Calendar? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. You know, the chocolate it's, ones it's, are really good. <laughs> No, it is really cool stuff. And if you guys want to pop over like on Pinterest or even like some Google image searches and, and check out some of the Raspberry Pi tech out there that, that pe people are doing some amazingly cool stuff with these little like completely programmable, very simple little computer devices um, that are very, very compact, but extremely powerful. And, uh, and they can do a lot of stuff. And there's really no limit uh, to what these things can do other than your imagination and, and what you can hook up to them. So... Uh, yeah, Tony's Tony's you know, hitting the nail on the head here, and and I really hope you do kind of you know go full on with this, Tony, because that's I don't think I have in all my years seen anybody do anything more than just a you know a tablet mounted on a right. you know on a gooseneck 
displaying, you know, OBD2 from their, you know, from their dongle or something like that. Uh, having it all integrated and and having custom buttons and stuff, being able to control lights with that. I mean, that is next level stuff, and that would be that would be really cool. Now, don't you have a switch panel already in the Jeep that you that you made that you put in and installed and all that? Yep, I do. It's an overhead. And, I was going to uh, say, I, and I think it's an overhead console type of switch panel, isn't it? Yep. And uh, I also have a Raspberry Pi with a seven inch touchscreen mounted on a little gooseneck in my in my Jeep currently. So uh, idea was, if you recall, I was going to be doing the uh, amateur uh, APRS, uh, but I just in my area, the, there's not enough uh, local repeaters that will handle that traffic. So now I have this nice Raspberry Pi 3 and a, a case mounted with a touchscreen, and I've been thinking of other things to do with it. And of course, one of the things was uh, switching uh, lights on and off. And, and just because I have me mechanical switches doesn't mean I can't use the, the touchscreen senses, uh, uh, switches as you well. Wouldn't, you wouldn't keep both in there, would you? Well, that's the nice thing about the Pi. It's not a dedicated switch panel. It can be doing many other things. But if I wanted to do something unique or if something uh, happened to that wiring, I would be able, mm. I would have another way of getting to it. Uh, also, too, I think, you know, I also have a switch up there for winch control. And I think it'd be a lot of fun to, uh, you know, uh, control the the winch from the touchscreen. Oh, be able to have the tablet outside of the Jeep, be well, able this to control your winch from the tablet. No, no, that this, would be this really isn't, cool. This isn't a tablet. <laughs> it's a dedicated computer inside the Jeep. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It, you know, it's a Raspberry Pi connected to a source, a power source. But what I was going to say is it wouldn't be that difficult because Wi-Fi is built into the Raspberry Pi to allow your phone to connect to the Raspberry Pi, either through Bluetooth oh, yeah. or, or Wi-Fi, and have the same control from your phone. You know, you would need to be within Wi-Fi distances. It wouldn't be yeah. through the cellular network or through the data network. But still, so there's a lot of things. These things are just amazing uh, about the things you can do with it. If you if you were if you guys are curious about it at all, go to Amazon, JeepTalkShow.com/slash/Amazon. Pick you up a uh, Raspberry Pi 3. They're about 40 bucks uh, with a, uh, a power supply, a little adapter that you can plug into it. And uh, just start looking at the, the myriad of sensors available and go, hey, I, I, I wonder what the barometric pressure is. I wonder what the temperature is. Let me, uh, let me get that. And you look it up on, online, and then you, they give you the, the code that you use. They show you how to hook it up. It literally is three wires to connect to pins. There's no soldering. You just press, press these little jumpers onto these pins and and it's 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 connected and you run the software and it tells you what whatever the sensor is made for so it is incredibly easy and it's uh many of these things i'm talking about are weekend projects uh, at the worst uh i have a garage door opener that we we tell yeah. the uh alexa to open the garage door and it does it I, last right. weekend i wrote an app uh for my phone i'm sorry not an app for a phone i wrote a, a web page interface so that I can press a button on the web page and the garage door opens and closes. So all that. Well, what's the, that web page again? <laughs> well, it's actually only local, John. Everybody, let's open up Tony's garage door. No. It's only local. Yeah. It's not available on the internet. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's, it's just amazing. I can't uh, tell you enough things. And uh, you could actually uh, use it to read sensor information from your Jeep to display on the uh, Raspberry Pi screen. For example, wall pressure, because that's not on the OBD2. So you could actually mm. use a Raspberry Pi to monitor your oil pressure, even log it and graph it and do all kinds of things. Anyway, uh, getting very technical here, and uh, we want we have to move over to uh, uh, these uh, wheeling wear events. Oh, yeah, we need to get those in. Everybody loves that stuff. 
Oh, yeah. This is where we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation, folks. Hey, we have the big Trail Hero event happening this weekend in Utah. If anybody is going, be sure to shoot us some pics. Give us a call. Let us know what you guys saw or uh, send us an email and we'll be sure to pass it along. I'd love to, to get a report from uh, the Trail Hero event if anybody's going. Uh, coming up a little bit later in the month, we've got the Texas Four-Wheel Drive Organization presenting the 2017 Fall Run happening October 27th through the 29th at the Barnwell Mountain Recreation Area. Uh, from beginner's class on Friday afternoon, folks, to the spaghetti dinner Saturday night, this event has all the goods in between to keep any Jeeper happy. Guided trail runs, a huge raffle, and what's to be sure uh, to be a good time. If you're in the Houston, Texas area, then this is an event you won't want to miss. For more information, head over to HoustonTX4WD.org. That's Houston, Texas, fourwheeldrive.org. Oh, and uh, uh, Josh, also, I, uh, yeah. I, I did ask this, uh, this gentleman who posted this up for us. Uh, if mm-hmm. the if, if there would be meat with the spaghetti, if it was just spaghetti and sauce, or if it's going to be meat, he said they will have both with oh. and without meat. So I just want to throw that in there. It's important. That's so, so vegan friendly <laughs> options there, people. There you go. And and for those who are normal, uh, we've got we got meat there too. Mm. <laughs> hey guys, also later in the month, uh, you guys know about these, and if you don't, you definitely want to enrich in your life by uh, learning more about the Jeep Jamboree USA events. There's another one coming up October 26th to the 28th. They do many throughout the year. This one coming up next, Moab, Utah, everybody. If this isn't isn't sold out, you want to be a part of this event. Amazing experience. If you've never been a part of a Jeep Jamboree, guys, treat yourself. It is an amazing event. Put it on your bucket list. October 26th through the 28th, Moab, Utah, Jeep Jamboree. For more information, head over to jeepjamboreeusa.com. And folks, we're less than a month away from the big SEMA show in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more on that, be sure to stay tuned to the Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, Tammy. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just want to quick um, bring out for all the ladies out there. Next Thursday on October 12th at Lake Tahoe starts the second annual um, Rebel Rally. All those women out there racing for... October 12th through Friday, October 20th through California. Way cool. Way cool. Love the races, guys. Yeah, we're, uh, uh, I wish I could have gotten a little bit more involved in this year's race, uh, racing, racing season, but uh, had a lot more going on this year than did last year. Well, hey, guys, if you know of an off-road event coming up, well, shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to an Ajeep event recently? Well, let us know what you thought and what you saw. Call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and leave a message night or day. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, take a moment to uh, uh, take our survey. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. And we love hearing from our listeners. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and Google+. Just go over to your favorite social media outlet and search for Jeep Talk Show. You'll find us. Hey, join us on the Jeep Talk Forum. Picture stories, detailed how-to, or ask questions of the host. That's jeeptalkforum.com. Hey, and please call us anytime and leave us a voicemail at 530-675-4102, and you'll even hear it on the show. Don't forget, we have a free application for your phone or tablet. Just go to Jeep Apple. Just go to the Jeep app. Just go to Apple (laughs) Store or Google Play. I got Jeep on the brain. And search for Jeep Talk Show, everybody. That's right. Free applications for your device. Hey, and if you're making an online purchase or a a purchase at Amazon, be sure and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. Hey, folks, and don't forget, you can follow along on my journey at my blog at www.jeepmama.com. 
And of course, if you need a voice for your product or your business, be sure to check me out at thevoiceofjosh.com. Reach out to me, Josh, at thevoiceofjosh.com. So speaking of Raspberry Pis, I was thinking about replacing my computer on my Cherokee with a Raspberry Pi. Let it read Good all the sensors luck. and you know <laughs> do all the timing and uh, and start selling these things because it'd be just incredibly tunable. What do you think, Josh? That nothing could possibly go wrong. All right. <laughs> oh, no, of course not. <laughs> Sounds easy. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's see if our wheeling and destinations spots in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stands designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. To learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. That's it for this week. You guys have a great Jeep week. We'll see you next week for episode 302. See ya. See you, everybody. Have a good one. since 2010.